NFL Week 15 line moves, and guys, we've got games four out of five days starting on Thursday, so let's cut right to the chase. Thursday night football, Suma, San Francisco at Seattle. We've seen the Niners open up as a flat three-point favorite. That ticked up to three and a half, back down to three. Now the market currently favoring the Niners by three and a half at a soft minus 105. So a good bit of two-way action in this one, and I'm guessing part of that might be related to what people are taking away from Brock Purdy's first career start on Sunday against the Bucks. Yeah, first of all, this, and there were also some rumors about him dealing with an oblique injury he had an mri on monday today's tuesday i'm already forgetting forgetting what which day is which day it is yeah purdy had an mri yesterday um he finished the game playing through that injury uh, but he still had that mri and that mri um, came back negative and uh, it's hard to believe that there's going to be any significant injury but until we know for sure, we still have that a little bit of uncertainty about Brock Purdy this week. Um, yeah, so I think that the market's currently playing between three and a half and three. Um, the Niners also came out of the game with some injuries. Uh, for example, uh, cornerback Dante Johnson. They lost two rotational guys along their defensive line. And I just think that some guys are playing three and a half with the Seahawks here. And some other folks will always come back on the minus three for the Niners. And if Brock Purdy, if, if there are entirely positive news on Brock Purdy starting on Thursday, we might see a little bit more San, Fran San Francisco action that way. I'm going to have to peel back the curtain here just a bit, Suma, because we are doing the show a day early this week to accommodate a conflict on my end. Appreciate the flexibility from both you and Jacob. You said you didn't have time to do much prep. It was going to be straight from the hip. If that analysis was just off the cuff, then maybe we need to stop prepping every week for this show because that was still <laughs> quite in depth. So let's see what we can do for each of the games we'll get to. Moving forward, we've got a triple header on deck for Saturday. Game two of that triple header, the first game in rotation order, but the second one chronologically. Baltimore traveling to Cleveland to take on the Browns. And we've seen the total trickle down from an already low opener of 39.5 down to 37.5. I know we've got some weather in this one. Also possibility of Anthony Brown starting under center for Baltimore. Sumo, what do you make of the move to the under in Ravens-Browns? So first of all, for me as a German, the Saturday triple header is uh, incredible because uh, NFL action will start around 7 p.m. my time. So I can easily watch the first two games and then I can still decide whether I'm going to stay up for the late game or go to sleep. I always like these December Saturday triple headers. Um, Ravens-Browns, yeah. So um, it looks like Anthony Brown is going to start because Lama Jackson will not play this week. And Tyler Huntley is in the concussion protocol. Usually 50-50 depends on the severity of the concussion and uh, whether guys can make the first couple of steps very easily until Wednesday. But uh, right now, I don't have a great feeling about Tyler Huntley uh, playing. So we, were, we might as well see Anthony Brown on <clears throat> uh, Saturday. Total came back down because we are, first of all, dealing with some kind of bad weather. Let me quickly pull this up. 
we are looking at temperatures in the in the low 30s with some probability of snow and a wind speed of close to 15 miles per hour. So overall, not the greatest weather game right now. And then we are dealing with an, with an offense that was not playing that well with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was basically the only guy that still carried that offense. Um, and now we might go down to the third string quarterback on the depth chart. Um, and on the other side, the Deshaun Watson offense has been awful. Um, those were, I think, the two worst games in the Kevin Stefanski era uh, from, an, from an EPA per play perspective. Pretty insane when you think about it, um, that Jacoby Brissett was running this offense better than Deshaun Watson. Ravens defense is kind of good right now, so... We are dealing with a third-string quarterback on, on the one-hand side and a Deshaun Watson offense that has looked awful against a decent Ravens defense in bad weather, which makes this total move down to 37 and a half very reasonable, in my opinion. And if, if there's a news that Anthony Brown has confirmed the starter, we might see even more under action. And this number from a point spread standpoint has ticked up from two and a half to three that's about the biggest half point we'll get in any betting market but if anthony brown is confirmed suma do you see any more upward mobility as far as the point spread goes for the browns yeah i would say i would think so um i cannot see this going back towards two and a half if he's in rather towards three and a half because people will still have a very high prior on the sean watson and if you can get the sean watson in a good Browns offense against Anthony Brown on the other side at home. I think people will probably crater more towards the Browns uh, despite uh, Deshaun Watson looking very poorly. Yeah, those Deshaun Watson priors may loom large in terms of what the betting market decides what to do with this game. And priors also an interesting dynamic in the nightcap on Saturday. Suma, you might want to stay up for this one. It looks like a good matchup between the Dolphins and the Bills in Buffalo. Total has cratered from 45 to 42. Again, we've got some weather concerns. And it seems like when I mentioned priors teeing up this game, the Dolphins offense is going to be in a quite different environment in Buffalo with that crazy weather this Saturday night. So I'm wondering how much that might affect what Mike McDaniel can dial up schematically and also perhaps these last two weeks may be revealing a bit of a blueprint when it comes to taming Tua and what had been a very dynamic Dolphins offense through the season's first 12 weeks. I was completely shocked by how well the Chargers defense played the, the Dolphins. I did not expect that. Um, they, they, I mean, just, just completely bananas that the Chargers with all those injuries um, figured out some kind of a blueprint on how to stop this explosive Dolphins offense. Um, now, the Dolphins stayed two weeks on the West Coast, were playing a, in great conditions, and now they're going to fly back to the East Coast, play a night game in freezing temperatures with some snow in the forecast at Buffalo, which does not, against a great defense, which does not seem like a great re-sign for the current state of the Miami Dolphins offense. And on the other side, um, the the Bills offense has not been clicking lately. And Josh Allen always kind of struggles in these bad weather games. So 
when he was drafted, like people were saying, oh, he's perfectly built for these um, crazy Buffalo weather conditions in December and January. But it seems like every time he plays in bad weather, whether it's rain or wind, he's always playing above uh, below expectations. Um, so yes, if you combine everything, the, the Dolphins offense uh, playing against a great defense in terrible weather conditions or bad weather conditions, and the Bills offense not uh, playing up to the elite level lately, um, yeah, that makes uh, probably total sense why this total came down. Speaking of totals coming down, a recurring theme across much of the betting market this week, and that holds true on Sunday as well for the next game we'll touch on. Zuma, your New York Jets hosting a resurgent Detroit Lions team. The total opened 47 and a half. That's down a full field goal to 44 and a half. On one hand, we've got Jared Goff dealing with some elements against a better defense than he's gone up against in recent weeks. And on the other hand, for the Jets, we're waiting for some word on Mike White's health. It sounds like he's probably going to be a go, but we're not going to be too sure how close he is to 100%. The early market movement was, in my opinion, um, entirely based on too much upside for for an underplay because Mike White, I think he has two broken ribs. When I re read this right, um, early on, there was not a final confirmation whether he's, he would play, but he can play with two broken ribs, uh, ribs when he gets a game day injection. Um, and on the other side, Jared Goff on the road in bad weather that has not been great to him over the course of his career. It's going to be low temperatures in New York. Let me quickly check New York. Also 33 degrees Fahrenheit. Not really any wind issues, but yeah, Jared, Jared Goff's splits from playing in, in domes and playing outside, especially in cold weather, have been drastic over the course of his career. And now he's playing a great defense, something that he has not played against in recent weeks. They played uh, several teams like the, the Jaguars, the, the Vikings, and so on. And all these teams, except for the Bills, were like bottom 10, bottom 12-ish defenses. <clears throat> now, in outside, bad elements against a great Jets defense. And on the other side, we have some uncertainty with Mike White's ribs, in, uh, ribs injury. I think that, that the early market this week entirely played or bet on, on that upside. Fair enough. Well, we can talk about a game that hasn't seen the total crash so far down as we move on to the afternoon slate on Sunday. The Titans traveling out west to take on the Chargers. Chargers opened a flat minus three at some of the most influential market-making books. We saw that drop down to a soft three, a minus three even money, a slight trickle back up, now minus 103, minus 105 for the Chargers. And Suma, in this one, I know we've got some injuries on both sides of the ball. Um, and a lot Tennessee is going through. Derwin James will be a big one to watch for. Which side do you think has the bigger edge in this game if we look at the Titans often punishing rush offense against the lackluster Chargers rush defense or the Chargers pass offense getting some weapons back against the depleted Tennessee secondary? I think that the Chargers passing offense should have a bigger edge than the Tennessee Titans rush offense. The Titans rush offense, when you really dig into the numbers, they have not been that good. Um, Derrick Henry is um, collecting lots of rush yards this season, but the true efficiency of the ground game, especially in the games with Ryan Tannehill and not um, 
uh, with the quarterback whose name I, I forgot, Malik Willis, who is also a rushing threat. And in those games, the rushing efficiency of Derrick Henry was much better than in games with Ryan Tannehill. Um, when you when we look at tally of, uh, on the games with Ryan Tannehill, that rushing offense has not been great. Um, and this week we are looking for Traylon Burks, who was also a, a major part of, of, of the passing offense after coming off IR. And on the other side, um, David Long is on IR. And then there is some ups, potential up or downside for the Titans with their cornerbacks. Like Christian Fulton didn't play last week, for example. Uh, and for the Chargers, you mentioned already, um, Joey Bosa should not be expected back. Rashan Slater might be back for the playoffs. So we are looking for Durbin James and Bryce Callahan on the on the defensive side. And depending on the injury situation, I think um, this is this will be the reason how this market swings. If there if there are going to be positive news on the Chargers, we might see more Chargers money. And if they, for example, don't get Derwin James back and the Titans get their players back, we might see more Titans money. But I think right now this game will uh, will be played or will be bet around the three and either side has some potential injury upside. End games being bet around the three with some injury questions looming can carry us right into Cincinnati at Tampa Bay. The Bengals opened minus three and that has been bet up to minus three and a half. Suma, in your week 14 recap, you wrote the Bengals are heating up. We can't say the same for Tampa Bay, and that's especially the case considering that Cincinnati has some big injuries to deal with, Trey Hendrickson, T. Higgins, and yet we've seen them tick up a key point off the king of key numbers. Can you fault anyone for betting the Bengals at the Buccaneers right now? Like you mentioned it, two teams heading in, in entirely into entirely different directions. Um the two biggest names are, like, like you mentioned, T. Higgins and uh, Trey Hendrickson. If you if we get positive news there, I would expect more Bengals money enter the market. But right now, just from a matchup perspective, it's very hard to make a case for the Buccaneers right now. Well, that takes us through games on Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Why not some Monday night football as well? The frozen tundra of Lambeau Field sees the Packers hosting the Rams. Green Bay had been as high as minus eight in the marketplace. And shortly before we started recording, some Rams money came in. The line down to minus seven pretty much across the board for the Packers. Sumo, what do you make of the recent influx of money on the Rams taking this down to Green Bay minus a touchdown? Market was saying that um, anything above seven was too high. Um, the, the, the Packers defense has not been great. The Rams have shown some life in, in the running game. They have shown some life with Baker Mayfield in the passing game. They could potentially get Aaron Donald back. Um, so there's a scenario in which the Rams offense can somehow move the ball, especially on the ground on them. And then we are looking at a Packers offense that should have a decent matchup against the Rams defense that has not been great. Um but I just think that there, that the market has not seen such a big discrepancy um, being this over a touchdown spreads. Um, whether it's going to be a factor, maybe from some perspectives, temperature usually doesn't have a major impact on, on totals and spreads, but I'm currently looking at 10 degrees Fahrenheit, which could be a super cold game come, come Monday night. Um, yeah, I, I just think that 
the market is saying the Packers are not a good football team. The Rams found some new life, so this bet cannot be above a touchdown. Yeah, it's been a lost season for both the Rams and the Packers, so it's fair to say that it's hard to get to too much of a gap between those two teams at this stage. Suma, two teams in the Rams division that are not experiencing a lost season, we can circle back to for Fabian's forecast. Tell us what you think maybe in the cards from a market reading standpoint for that Thursday nighter, the 49ers traveling to Seattle. This is, uh, this is always conditional, and I think um, conditional on the... Brock Purdy injury status. I'm struggling to see this getting towards a three. I think that every time it gets to a flat three, San Francisco money would enter the market. And if Brock Purdy shows, um, let's say, 100% availability, I would not be surprised if we saw more 49ers money in this game potentially closing three and a half flat or even minus four. All right. And I am seeing... uh... Few and far between, but some minus three, minus 120, even minus three, minus 125s out there. Those do offer more value on San Francisco than the flat three and a halfs that are present across the marketplace. So as always, shop around. But if and when we get some encouraging news on Purdy being a go, no surprise to see San Francisco close as three and a half or perhaps even four point favorites, as Zuma just noted. At this stage, we'll start to around the corner and weave in the hops. Jacob, why don't you tell us about your best hops experience in the last week? Best hops experience in the last week. I was, uh, so we talked about it on the last props and hops. I was at a comedy show. Uh, they actually had okay, uh, some decent options as far as like good beer that I would enjoy. Not like your regular sort of Canadian beer, like Bud Light, Budweiser, Molson, that sort of thing. So Actually, decent experience there. Not my favorite, but one that I went to at the event was called a uh, Muskoka Detour, a local brewery here in southern Ontario, Muskoka Brewery, and their IPA called Detour. It's just a classic sort of IPA, not the most hazy thing. It's probably, it trails a little bit more to like the West Coast style, which not my usual preference, but still something that I enjoy. So uh, good bitterness to it and good flavor. And uh, I, I didn't really need the best thing in the world at that event. I had a good time watching Burt Kreischer live at Meridian Hall just outside Scotiabank Arena. So good experiences there. That's awesome. Yeah, and there's, I will, you know, reiterate, there is a beer for every time and place. Just about anything would probably get the job done in yeah. that setting. So I'm glad you enjoyed the event. And to find anything, you know, local on the hoppy side sounds like icing on the cake. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoyed it a lot. All right. Well, I can't top the live comedy event experience <laughs> that you had this past weekend, but I did enjoy a good cocktail from a spot that I referenced a couple weeks ago, a neighborhood bar for me. Um, I mentioned an old fashioned on a recent show, this time a different option on their menu of old fashions. A big highlight for me this past Saturday night, the Black Rose old fashioned uh, is was, again, the, the same bar, different old-fashioned than I called out a couple weeks ago. This Black Rose old-fashioned featured Jameson Black Barrel Irish whiskey, simple syrup, rose water, orange peel, and spiced bitters. And with the, the rose water was new to me. I hadn't experienced anything like that before. It added a nice floral touch, and with the orange peel, a really nice citrusy aroma. And there was, of course, just the right amount of heat, courtesy of the whiskey, along with spice, courtesy of the bitters. So I might say my best bet for the purposes of this show is that I will be back at the same place this Saturday night, enjoying the same cocktail, watching Dolphins' bills unfold. 
Suma, it looked like you had a pretty good sports viewing and drinking pairing going on. In the Telegram chat, you sent Jacob and I a photo of that mold wine we've talked about in recent weeks while you were watching the World Cup. Any plans for more of the same in the next few days? <laughs> I think um, the um, semifinal is starting 39 minutes from now. I think today I'm going to enjoy a beer, a Pilsner from a local brewery. But on the weekend, I will get another few um, mold wines for sure. But this time it will be white wine. So, so mold white wine. If I can add, sorry. Uh, so Suma kind of recommended this a, a while ago. And I said that I'm going to be at a Christmas market closer to the holiday, of course. And I'm going to be there this weekend. So I'm hoping that I can try something like this before because I've never experienced anything like what Suma's describing. And Suma, what's it called? And if Jacob's at the market, it's I, I would imagine it's probably not going to be advertised as mold wine if they have it. Can you give us the proper name to keep an eye out for? <laughs> so in Germany, it's called Glühwein and it's basically like heated red wine. So I have no clue how it's supposed to be named at a Toronto Christmas market. But um, I will happily wait for a picture from Jacob. On yeah, the I'll do my best to provide one. I, I hope to get my hands on it. <laughs> All right. Glue vine, mold wine, whatever the case, uh, something to keep an eye out for, for sure. And uh, yeah, I know that might not be everybody's cup of tea or whiskey or beer, whatever may have you, but uh, some some good hops and drinking experiences going on across the board, along with some good betting experiences we're looking to set the foundation for across week 15 in the NFL. That'll do it for this week's episode of Between the Lines. If you're not already, I cannot encourage enough that you follow Suma on Twitter at Suma810. That's S-U-U-M-A-810. And you can also follow me at MLandis18. Want to thank everybody for tuning in. And Jacob and I will be right back here with you on Friday with Hitman for our NFL Week 15 Prop Betting Breakdown. Cops and cops and cops and cops.